Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in postmodernism. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Good. I like it. We're here. And in the world of postmodernism, that's okay. <laughs> that's right. Because you can't however even be I feel is <laughs> the truth. Right. Anyway, I'm Summer. I'm here with that new, new episode this <laughs> week. <laughs> Okay. Joy. I'm here with my beautiful host, Joy. Uh, I got free coffee today. Um, I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that if we were two little lab rats planning to take over the world every night, you would be the brain. Oh, I seriously love that. Yes. Have them all on DVD. I'm very committed. They're the best. Very committed to Pinky and the Brain. That's just childhood right there. I know. And if you rewatch them, you realize how much you didn't get as a I kid. I know. And yeah. that's why your parents could watch it. Because right. they understood what was happening. Yeah, they weren't totally bored. Right. Well, I'd be Pinky. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. <laughs> I mean, but... I do. It's a postmodern world we're living in, Joy. My re- that's my reality. And we are taking over the world. Yep, that's right. And we... One episode at a time? Yes. Yeah. There you go. What are we doing tomorrow, Summer? <laughs> no, that's my question. I know. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, you're right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer, who, this is a compliment and just a f- fact now that you can know about her. Is a dog person. I'm a dog person. That makes me so happy. Well, I'm a my dog person. Right. Let's start there. Like okay. baby steps. Yeah. But I really love my dog. And I've never been able to say that sentence before in my life. <laughs> you know what one of my pet peeves is? Pun intended. <laughs> Other than shoes inside the house, like when people my entire life have wanted to tell me stories about their dog, I'm just like, I yeah, I'm checking out now. I couldn't care less. I will listen to your story about your dog all day long. I I don't. I won't. But I'll tell you stories about a dog. Other that, people. You don't yeah. even know the dog. <laughs> no. Like, whose dog is this? It doesn't even matter to Joy. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, why should I care about your dog? I don't care about your dog. How do you feel about dreams when people tell you their dreams? Because um, I know if- some people can't stand that. But Oh, I don't mind if it's interesting. Yeah. And then you can like try to figure out how crazy they are yeah yeah i'm fine with that so i do this thing where if i've had a dream about you i'll just walk up to you and go hey i had, I had a dream, dream about, about you. you i think most people do that though right right that's I totally normal so. that's it's normal but it's one of those things that there's really no other way to set it up yeah but mm-hmm. people still mm-hmm. act 
a little nervous. Oh. When you say it. How about this? Huh. The other day, I thought something happened. Okay. But then I had this weird thought where I was like, what if that didn't happen? And I dreamed it. <laughs> so I was like, hey, husband, um, did you, <laughs> did you, do you have a secret tube of toothpaste in the closet that you won't let me use? <laughs> and he was like, um, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, all I, right. I, That's I, dreamed, a dream. I dreamed that. <laughs> like, I have this very vivid memory of him going in our closet and grabbing a tube of toothpaste and brushing his teeth and then putting the toothpaste back in the closet, like, because I didn't get to use it. And I thought that that had happened. <laughs> I feel like. There's some kind of interpretation that Now you're happen. psychoanalyzing me. That's what people do with dreams. Right. You yep. immediately go, well, what does that mean? Like, you think maybe I'm your just husband is withholding something from you. The toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so weird. Anyway. Oh, gosh. How did we get here? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cosmic bang. Where did uh-huh. that come from? <laughs> okay. Um, so, hey. Did I even tell you where I got this topic from or why I wanted to talk about this? Um, Just everything that's happening. This is like the topic of our lives. It kind so of is. that, but I'm guessing yeah. you have a specific place where you got it from now that you're... I just... Okay, so the whole thing is I made this statement on the Twitters Okay, where I was like, I think Christians have totally bought into this postmodern obsession with power structures and dominance. Right. And it's driving me up the wall because I feel like everywhere I look, like the most popular Christian magazines and websites and whatever, like they're essentially just this, the most popular secular magazines and stuff. They're talking about the same things. It's just like slightly Christianized. Like, it's not like a marked difference. Right. It's like power and dominance and empowerment and this and that. And it's just like, I think Christians have totally bought into the current, like, cultural postmodern doctrine of everything being about power. Right. And then someone was like, we'll prove it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, All no right. problem. <laughs> Let me look into this some more. I will do that. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously, I've ta- we have talked a lot about postmodernism. And I think I, I think I covered it in the talk I gave in D.C., mm-hmm. although that was more about intersectionality and feminism and whatever. Right. But you can't really talk about today's culture without talking about postmodernism. You just can't. Yeah. Um, because it's a postmodern culture. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is important, and I think you probably think it's important for the same reason. Uh, I think that postmodernism is so pervasive that we don't even realize in what ways we've adopted postmodern <clears throat> ideologies into Christianity and I think we severely underestimate the consequence of that. Like, yes, I agree with that. Like, I don't think we can, I don't think you can actually overstate 
how pervasive these philosophies are and how much they touch everything we do. And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. I just wanted to talk about how I just, I am so tired of the, um, the postmodern idea of power being co-opted by Christianity at large. Right. And we, I think we need to take the conversation back. Agreed. Okay. Well, let's establish first, let's establish what we mean by power or power obsessed or power hierarchies and okay all that okay um so do we need do we want to say too what we mean by postmodernism you can go for it (laughs) (laughs) we can yeah 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 so and maybe summer and i always the the wonderful thing about sheologians is that we'll come up with these very general topics and then we both bring to the table completely different things yes so when you say postmodernism I think of the movement that we're in right now, which is that like I equate it to art. Okay. Postmodern art, sure. which tends to be sort of like a universalist, like, but in, in the way that everyone. So like, if you look at a piece of postmodern art and anyone can look at it and it may mean something different to them and that's what it means. Right. So there's no <clears throat> objective truth. Right. Um, another, and so that would spill out into art in the way you just described. Um, if you read some of the most more popular postmodernist um, philosophers like Derrida and Foucault, um, essentially the postmodern mindset is uh, when it looks at society. Right. Uh, when it looks at Western culture, it says that our society, our Western society, is a male-dominated, self-serving, selfish society. Um, And essentially everything is about power. Mm -hmm. Um, Postmodernism and Marxism really can't be separated, and I've spent more than enough time in previous episodes uh, trying to be careful with... um, I don't... I don't want to be obsessed with using the phrase Marxism or use it in a lazy way. Right. Because you can. But postmodernism and Marxism really can't be separated. And so in the Marxist society, uh, in classical Marxism specifically about economics, mm-hmm. um, it was really about a power struggle, right? Right. So, well, because everyone... so. In the postmodern society, everyone can look at anything and whatever that means to them, whatever their truth is, is what's true. But what you see in the world is that people who operate on that principle will come back with different answers about what is true. Right. So it will inherently lead to a power struggle because the people of differing truths will have to ensure that their truth is sort of overtakes Yes. The other truth. Yes. Because especially with like societal, social, cultural postmodernism, that's the way that you get your ideas to move forward into the world. And that's how you achieve, that's how you achieve your agenda. Right. Um, And that's how you, um, that's how you get what you want from the universe. Right. Right. And so what's interesting about the 
the kind of the the need to accrue power is that postmodernists don't actually believe in in dialogue. And right. so they don't believe in dialogue because essentially they're afraid of differing opinions because if you're going to be the most powerful, then you're in charge, right? Yeah. Like your message is what matters and that's why you see so many so much drama happening on college campuses when someone who <clears throat> doesn't necessarily buy into all the postmodern rhetoric tries to come and speak, they don't want to hear it because dialogue isn't important. And dialogue and logic, logic is also another thing that postmodernists don't believe in. Logic is, in a postmodernist mindset, just kind of like a white male thing that's made up that is for accruing power and essentially... Well, it, it's violence. It's violence. It like belongs. it's considered like you and you. Chances are you guys have heard some example of this where someone says something and it, that's equated to violence right. or to being attacked. Right. Um, and so it's almost like if you say this is how we do war now here in this country. Yes. Like you I have heard so many times um, if you say also a lot of times the um like advocates for the quote trans community or the lgbt right. community will say that if you do not agree with them that you are committing violence you're putting if them you, in danger like, say the wrong pronouns it's you're creating a you're it's violent yeah um to that person so dialogue logic these things are they're negative in a postmodern right. worldview um and they it can be equated with violence. Um, I just saw that in an article on HuffPo, and mm -hmm. I'll I'll add it to the page for you guys when we post the episode um, about how dangerous it is to essentially disagree, to dialogue, yeah. and not agree with their position. Um, <clears throat> and so all of this ties into. It's difficult to kind of wade through because it ties into uh, the I, the concept of intersectionality and um, critical theories because it goes back to in a postmodern world, there's really no individual identity. Like right. your identity is essentially, it's fostered by the group that you belong to. You are your group. You are right. whatever you can be classified as so that you can be placed in whatever group you belong to so you can be a part of the battle between the oppressor and the oppressed, and you're probably in an oppressed group. You want to be right. in an oppressed group. And um, <clears throat> so part of the problem is is that the identity groups, like they're not allowed to communicate with each other because they can't communicate with each other because dialogue is a bad thing. It will break down. Dialogue yeah. can be violent. Logic mm -hmm. is bad. It's Logic is a the creation of the patriarchy. And so everything, once you just create soldiers that belong to groups, that don't right. have individual identities, it becomes very easy to see how everything at that point is just about who wins. Right. And that is why, <clears throat> that's why I said on Twitter that everything to the postmodernist is about power. Um, you know, when you see the, um, uh, the conversation around abuse right now and the Me Too and all that, right. so much of it has to do with well, these men, these are powerful men who just want more power. Right. Um, and it's not a conversation about sin, sexual sin. The fact that these men, by and large, are just perverts, reprobate right. perverts. Right. No, no, no. It's about power. And it's interesting to me because I've just, it, it doesn't, from a biblical worldview, it doesn't make sense to 
strip uh, the conversation around sexual sexual abuse away from sexual perversion and just make it about power. But I do want to say here something very important. Uh, let's not jump in the ditch uh, and say that there's no such thing as power. Let's be really clear that right. we're not arguing that there's no power. So a bad argument would be if I said to you, Joy, I'm not entirely sure that the sky is blue because of light refraction and all the things that we normally hear right. an answer to. And then what wouldn't make sense is if you said, I can't believe you don't believe in the sky. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what we are saying is, is that the postmodern obsession with power is wrong. I don't believe you can answer the problem of sexual abuse by boiling it all down to a desire for power. Right. That's not the same thing as saying, well, there's no such thing as power. Right. <laughs> I'm saying that the obsession with power that we see in our popular culture is wrong. And I, I yeah. want Christians to stay away from viewing the world through this lens of power only. It's all about power. It's all about dominance. It's all about these things because it's not. Right. It, it's about your group having the most power so that, right. so that your ideas yes. um, and your your catechism are what's taught what's what, popular what, yeah what it what the world is like right. that they are truth right and that's how it is that's that's the idea and we get there because it should be no surprise that people are their own like people are god man is god right now largely right um in the united states and uh god is all powerful Right. So it should there should be no surprise that for for a society that has rejected God, <clears throat> they are God. They're they're the arbiter of truth, of justice, of everything. Mm -hmm. That they would say, I need to be all powerful because mm -hmm. what I know is true, mm -hmm. and I need to place that mm -hmm. and demand it from the universe. Right. And I keep saying the universe because this is the idea of the post right. Not what we believe. They mean like what they what I mean by that is that um that will that will be what's true right. for the world. Right. Um so they really the postmodernism really does believe that its truth is true. Right. So much to the point where they want everyone else to believe it's true or right. at least be coerced to believe it's true. Yeah. You have to step in line. Right. Right. Um, so it, I mean, really it's all just a result of man trying to be God. Mm -hmm. The unfortunate thing that we've done, um, because man is not a good God because we're very little and finite. Mm -hmm. So we've outsourced a lot of our government to the government as we know it today, which would be the state or federal government. But we've so we've taken all our self-government and given it said somebody else do this yeah. for me. You handle this. And so that's how all these weird like power structures happen. You have these group of these groups of people that all believe like relatively the same thing mm -hmm. and they war over like you fa you fall in line and you're in the group. Yep. And then you fight until that's what that is the truth of the universe. Right. And it's what's interesting is how often and we covered this again a little bit in our discussion on abuse was that so much of the conversation surrounding the sexual abuse that's just 
spilling out and being uncovered is this conversation of how we have to empower women. So it's right. almost like the suggestion is, well, if you were just more powerful, right. this wouldn't be happening to you. Right. Well, and let's, I mean, let's consider that currently there is immense power in powerlessness. Right. It's so bad. We have this group of people that are, their whole mantra is that they're powerless, they're marginalized, they're oppressed, and yet somehow they have this immense voice right in our culture today and they have this immense voice because their voice is saying i i can't change anything i can't um i i can't do anything about a b or c um and uh, you've been given this unfair advantage in life and somehow you so like if they're really marginalized, you wouldn't think we'd all be looking over in their direction. Right. But we are. Right. Well, and the reason we are is because the image of God. Right. So they would say it's yeah. because women are being empowered now. And I would say, well, no, it's because human beings being made in the image of God, when we hear about injustice, we naturally, most of us, want to do something. Right. We don't like well, especially hearing stories. Like, yeah, emotional, the emotional stuff that's going on. People who have legitimately been, who've had legitimate violence done against them. I'm not talking about words. Right, right, right. Um, that's, right. We, we don't want to appear as though we're unsympathetic to that. But it's also that group that says, if you, if you don't agree, you're unsympathetic. Wait, what do you mean? Like, you... So you look over this. You look over this group of people that ha has had either currently or historically some form of violence or crime or whatever committed against them, um, and you do feel like a natural sympathy. Yes, but it's also demanded from that group that right. you feel sympathy. Otherwise, you're against us. Right, right. But it's like this is why it's backwards. Is that it's not about power, like. It's not that suddenly a power shift has happened and right. now we know these things are happening. Exactly. What has happened is that these things have come to light and because we all know that there is a God, there is a creator, whether or not you've ever heard the gospel before, you know right. he exists and you're made in his image. When you hear of these injustices happening, you're going to be outraged and rightfully so. Right. It's not because someone accrued more power, some, you know, that whatever. Right. And so what breaks my heart is that if you go on, you know, HuffPo and whatever today, you'll read about how uh, you're going to be so empowered if you step out and do X, Y, or Z. It's not about being empowered. Right. That's the problem is that Christians can't co-opt this message because Life isn't about being empowered. Well, and you just, if you're a Christian, you aren't powerful. Right. You really, like, the only power that you could ever claim to have would be through God. Right. And this idea that other people have to empower you is right. ridiculous to me. If you are a human being made in the image of God, you have been given the power right. to speak out about already. abuse yeah. already right. from the, you know, and it's like, I don't want any women looking to me for empowerment. Right. I'll encourage you. Oh, yeah. I'll come alongside you. 
I can't give you any power. Right. I don't have any. Right. And that's the good news of the gospel is that (laughs) I'm not your savior. No one else is your savior. No group is your savior. Mm -hmm. Literally no single person can empower you. Right. And so there's a difference. You know, I'm willing to make a distinction and I, I think it's a necessary distinction, making a distinction between encouraging people uh, and edifying people, um, bearing one another's burdens, and this like kind of psycho babble, secular, postmodern idea of empowerment. Right. Because at the end of the day, no one else can empower me to do anything. And the biblical message is that I'm actually weak and I don't have any power. Yeah. And so I struggle when Christians want to talk about empowerment a lot because you just sound like the world at this point. Right. I don't need empowerment. I need Jesus. Right. And I'm not trying to Jesus juke anybody, but that's the biblical message. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did we just... That truck? I don't know what that is, but it's loud. Oh, my goodness. It's okay. like about to bust through the front of the studio. <laughs> well, it's our last episode because studios okay. been um, <clears throat> What were we talking about? The message. Okay. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it's pretty obvious where this comes from. This comes from people's idolatry. Yes. Um, yes. That's not the... It's not the correct message. Um, so watch out. Yeah, because it's know. out there, and it's 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 interesting. See, so yeah, the part of me, the part of this that I'm really interested in is the power in powerlessness, like how being the victim really does make you powerful um, in a postmodern structure, right? Okay. But it's not. Um, but that's not uh, the way that we're supposed to respond to things. We're not supposed to. Um, we have. Uh, first of all, we're made new mm-hmm. in Christ. Yes. If you're a Christian, you're made new. And um, that new, new. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm never going to let it go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there, if you, um, if you, so by fighting for, for empowerment and making it, this cause okay like i so if if your truth is i have no power and i need to get it because i deserve it because um having power is a good thing right because safety and security and and success are all owed to me mm-hmm. by the universe uh-huh. um <laughs> oh my gosh my brain is like no going, that makes sense i'm with going you. nowhere this is the right train um i'm on it what did i say a second ago <laughs> That like all um, these things are owed to you, like you're owed. Okay, so that is um, so that uh, the the message. I'm looking here in my notes. Da, 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 da. Okay, so um, we are not we're responsible for our lives. Yes, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, this message, the power in powerlessness, is that you, if you can't help anything, if you can't change anything, um then you're not responsible to forgive. Mm. You're not responsible to be obedient. Mm -hmm. 
um, you have an out. And I think that's why this appeals to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, Christians specifically, I guess, in Mm -hmm. this instance. Um, It appeals to a lot of people. We, you learn as a kid that if you give up your responsibility for something, if you blame it on someone else or someone else made you do something, then it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You don't, and you don't have to deal with it. Right. And then also um, since the garden, we've, we've been, been doing that. We've been covering our shame. It was that woman that you gave that. me. <laughs> yeah. By blaming another person. Right. Um, and so I think the whole victimhood part of it, the whole powerless part of it, like I need to gain power because I've been oppressed mm-hmm. um, is totally antithetical to the gospel because you're essentially saying there's nothing I can do. I'm in the position that I'm in. I'm not responsible for my life up until this point uh, or after this point because so there's, there are certain things of course that we're not responsible for like in the instance of sexual abuse or if there's been a crime committed against you or as one person who I was reading said, if a meteor falls out of the sky and hits you on the head, like you're not responsible for that, but you are responsible for your life. Mm-hmm. afterwards moving forward right um and so you don't ultimately i guess what i'm saying is that whatever however powerless you perceive you are before a holy god who is ultimately powerful mm-hmm. none of those things will be seen as an excuse for right. you to do what you want so don't join a band don't join a group to just further like instill kind of this idea in right. your whatever right. you know and you can look at so oppression is real i of mean course, oppression yeah. is real and and you can there are biblical examples of what to do when you are oppressed so paul uh you know it's interesting that during a time when he was very much oppressed i mean jailed and people trying to kill him and the whole I mean things we can't even imagine right he's traveling all over and he's you know a fugitive and all these things um it was and he had a uh, a thorn in the flesh and we don't know what that thorn was right but essentially at that time when he's oppressed beyond measure you know he says that he asked God to take the thorn from his flesh and that's when um in second corinthians he says that but he said to me he being god yeah my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of christ may rest on me that is why for the sake of christ i delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. So <clears throat> we know what the biblical view of power and oppression and weakness is. Right. And it is not the postmodern view. So the answer to being oppressed is not accrue more power. Right. The answer is rest in Christ. Yeah. The answer is that you have no power. The only true power there is is the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you cannot contain that or control that right. or by some kind of works. Well, and what's going on is a result of people attempting to do it. Yes. Instead yes. of God. Yes. 
So and, instead of embracing the weakness, right, uh, resting in Christ. Now that doesn't mean just accept injustice. <laughs> right. That's not no, what we're saying not. at all. Um, That's not what we're, we're talking about. A, a movement that capitalizes mm-hmm. on victimhood and injustice and being marginalized um, because there is the power there to tug at the heartstrings and right. abuse that. Right. So that's, that's certainly what we're not saying. Um, we're not saying don't grieve over. Right. Things Oppression that have been is real. Done to you. Injustice is real. I just say, let's take Paul's example of right. what to do in those times, as opposed to the world's example, which is accrue more power. Now, of course, we should stand up against injustice, but it's not so that we can be more powerful. Right. It's not so that we ourselves can empower others. It's so that we can glorify Christ and his power and that we can make disciples. Right. That's the goal of life. (laughs) That's the goal of your life is to glorify God and make disciples. Uh, It's not to become the majority or become the most powerful or accrue more power or to if there's someone over there that you think is pow- has too much power to do that injustice right. is not someone has more power than me that's not a biblical definition of justice by right. any stretch of the means well and it's not justice either for you to sit in oppression Judgment. oh like there it's not um we're not called we're not called to like revel in our shame either for something that we have done that's sinful that had natural consequences or for something that we had no action in mm-hmm. that there were consequences for right um we're not supposed to we're not supposed to view that as like your a our step identity up. like you're leveling up right. to to this, like the the ultimate victim, essentially. Right. Well, that and that's part of the matrix of oppression that I talked about in right. my talk. Uh, Christina Hoff Summers talks about how people who are oppressed in this worldview, this postmodern worldview, are viewed as inherently having more knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. than everyone else because Im- oppression imbues that upon you right so it's like this weird game where like you want to not be the one that's most oppressed but like if you lose that status of right. being the most oppressed, that's what i mean like the power of powerlessness yeah like, then it is you really lose, powerful right you lose that inherent you know knowledge uh that the oppressed have if you if that like is taken away from you it's so weird yeah it's so self-serving at the end of and the that's day. what i mean i think that's why it appeals to a lot of people um, I think that if you're a Christian and it doesn't appeal to you because you want to be powerful, it appeals to you because you just won't have to deal with your stuff. Yeah. It can always be someone, it can be a societal problem. It can be a problem with toxic masculinity. It it's can be other people. They just didn't understand you or, you know what I mean? Right. It's always something else. Yeah. Every, the problems right. are all out there. Right. They're not in here. Right. And that's, I mean, we all do that. Right, whether we, do. we realize it or not, but postmodernism is like a whole worldview. You can do it. Under. It relies on that, right, right. to continue going. Right. Like that's what feeds it. Right. 
Okay, well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I could keep going, I don't but even, I don't even yeah, know if I I have should. a lot of notes. My notes are such a mess, though. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we didn't hit that we want to hit? I just think I I, I don't want to I don't want to be a broken record. What I want Christians to do is to be so like Rosario was talking about last week, so gospel literate. Right. That when they see opposing worldviews that might sound okay. Um, that instead of trying to look like we're sympathetic and instead of trying to look like we're empathetic, instead of being so concerned about how we look, that we're able to call out these inconsistent worldviews when they begin to creep into the church. Right. I want us to go back to using biblical language and oppression and justice. These are all biblical Mm -hmm. words. But we should be so familiar with God's definition of justice with God's definition of power with our own personal weaknesses that we should be able to see these things around us and call them what they are right and my fear is that we're not gospel literate enough to do that and so very well-meaning Christians can take very uh, social justice positions because they don't want to seem a certain way. Or you you hear something that does like tickle your ears. Mm-hmm. Like we all we all like the idea of not being responsible mm-hmm. for things. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah, I do I do think that usually there's like there's multiple reasons why people will sort of embrace mm-hmm. different movements um yep and yeah i just yeah it is a i yeah i suppose the the main thing would be that we really need to we do need to be able to diagnose what is um like pleasing to our flesh mm-hmm. and realize Even, when we're like taking that on right without realizing it because it's so normal to do right I mean, seriously, just, and just cause you do, it doesn't mean that you're a part of, right. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're a postmodernist, <laughs> but the point is, is that a lot of, you may think like, depending on what kind of group you run in, mm-hmm. you may be like, why are they even talking about this? This isn't happening. But we, we do that sometimes cause we're fortunate enough to be a part of an pretty solid group of people. Um, but it is happening. Yes. There's all kinds of stuff happening all the time. Like this is the stuff that you guys know Summer and I are into this stuff. Um, Open up Twitter, go to HuffPo, go to some of the largest Christian sites that you regularly read. Right. See if you can find this stuff. I promise you it's all there. Yeah. And it's dangerous. It is. That's what it is. It's completely subjective. Um, And in postmodernism, there was a thought that I had. Um, so like, uh, this is, this is just kind of a, th- a thought that I had about it. Um, so when man is God and he, and man gives and takes away, right? Mm-hmm. Power. Mm-hmm. So whoever's in power is that is he who gives and takes away. Yep. 
Um, so fortunately, if man is God, then he's malleable and you can tell him to give if he's taking away. Yep. That is the mentality. Yes. So, so essentially the whole point of these movements is to say it, it is just a power struggle between men mm-hmm. to be God. Yes. It's to dethrone but God. But nobody's God. That's why <laughs> Neither no one's, party no is one's God. winning. We're all suffering. <laughs> right. <laughs> we need to start talking about sin and we need to start talking about objective truth and we need to start talking about what justice really is and we need to start talking about ourselves with biblical language. So if you've been abused, like, you know, we spent a long time on this. God has said what about you? Right. What did what does God say about people who are abused? Well, and this That's is what, what you need to concern yourself. Like this is with. where the conversation with Zaria is a great precursor to mm-hmm. this episode, mm-hmm. which is that of course we're not when I say take responsibility or change something or control your life, that's not I'm not saying just like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and move on. That of course there are things that you will that you are a victim of that are more serious than other things. Sure. Um, some of them, like I said, are not your fault. Some of them are your fault. Sure. Um, and so, uh, we, you know, the moving forward from this point does not just look like getting over it and right. all this stuff. That's right. not that's not what I mean. But um, but to I, I will I will promise you that holding on to being oppressed holding on to feeling powerless and buying into the weird power hierarchy culture is not going to help you nope. with the thing that happened, nope. whether it was your fault or not. Nope. It won't, it won't help. There's no healing there. Cause you're lying to yourself because right. you are who God says you are. Right. Period. End of yeah. story. And you're, you're really robbing yourself. Yeah. If you're a Christian mm-hmm. and you truly believe mm-hmm. in the attributes of God and you believe what God says about you, you're you're robbing yourself from from a way better identity. Yeah. Than the one you're taking on. Far superior. <laughs> I guess that's the encouragement, right? Right. And it's something we've been saying for a long time is live in light of your creator and who he says you are. He says you are redeemed. He says you are righteous. He says mm-hmm. you are justified. And he is sanctifying you and has promised to continue his sanctifying work. And there's really nothing more encouraging than that. And postmodernism sucks. <laughs> there, I said it. There, I said it. The end. <laughs> hey, I just, did you have anything else on that? No. Okay. I mean, a million things, a but million also nothing. Things. Yeah. I wanted is that to... too postmodern? <laughs> a million things and nothing. <clears throat> I wanted to read you guys. I was really encouraged by this. Uh, I just got this very short, sweet message on Twitter. And it says, hi, I listened to your podcast and it's awesome. I know you don't know me, but I just want to encourage you. I used to think of myself as a feminist. I listened to your podcast and I'm not a feminist anymore. (laughs) Thank you. So that's why we do what we do. Right. (laughs) Messages like that. Yeah, that's how we talk about this kind of stuff. Because if it's not ringing true for you, it could for someone else. Yeah. Just depending on right where they are. And and the, you know, I think 
I can I like to I can stridently speak out against all these things all day long. That doesn't mean that I'm not trying to root them out in my own life too. Right. Absolutely. And that's what we're we just want to help people do. So if you want to help us with that, please consider partnering with us because we still need you. Um we have a goal that we have not met yet that we need to meet in terms of what we need to keep going. To keep the mics on. To keep the mics on. We used to say keep the lights on, but I decided it's keep the mics on. Yeah, I like that. It's cuter. <laughs> and your mic is just trying to jump off the table. Still. I know. Mine just. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If you guys please partner with us, um, if you want to do that, we'll take your the cost of a bottle of water a month. Mm-hmm. $5, $6. What kind of water do you drink? $10. <laughs> Only Evian. I'm just kidding. High alkaline. The reverse osmosis double filtered water from Starbucks in a bottle. Right. No, I wish I did, but I don't. Anyway. It cures all your problems. I just, the point is every time you drink water, I want you to consider partnering with us. Right. So that more people can not be feminists anymore. Right. Well, it's kind of weird to think about paying for someone's ideas. <laughs> it is. It is. Like yeah, you're, yeah. you're essentially supporting yeah. financially yep. our thoughts and commentary and things like that. And it seems a little bit weird to be doing it in a digital format. Uh-huh. And we're speaking. You're buying our voices. But there's costs like, involved in this. There is costs involved, we're doing. and people have been purchasing commentaries and thoughts for a long time via <laughs> book. So if it seems a little bit weird, and if it, like we're not we're not asking, it's not a sales pitch. Um, we we're will do it for as gonna, long as physically possible, right. and we'll do it without the mics on if yep. we have to. Um, but that's the the point is just that it does. There's. Uh, there's time investment and cost of I promise sitting here. And we're not. This it. is not pedicure money. This is no. keep Sheilotons going money. Although I would love a pedicure, that's not what's happening. <laughs> oh, I can't get if I'm trying to hike more. Oh, you can't. Do I that. can't get a or maybe pedicure you'll need because they more. like they like get rid of all my calluses and then you, my feet are all raw when I hike. You and want it hurts. calluses? Well, if you want to be a good hiker, you have to have that. Oh, I don't want to be a good hiker anymore. I don't care about. Or ever. <laughs> that never happened. That never happened. That was never something that I I just wanted. remember one time I had gotten my toes done with someone. And the next time I went hiking, it hurt. Because I'd gotten rid of all my natural... <laughs> oh my goodness, you sound like my mom right now. You and my mom should go it's hiking. Just... <laughs> You and my mom should go hiking. It just hiking. is what it is. Yeah. I don't want to get rid of it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> whatever works for you, I guess. Joy in this postmodern time. Whatever you want, I guess, is the answer. The real evil in the world is uncomfortable hiking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. We'll see I you next. I don't even know what just happened. What just happened? I'm I turning, don't know. It's the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah, I know. Tell them, see you next Monday. See ya next Monday.